Last week, we began a, a brand new series um, that I'm, I'm just so excited about. Uh, it's, it's called Red Letter Edition, and we're looking at some of the great statements of Jesus. And, um, you know, when you look at the things that Jesus said, sometimes Jesus spoke uh, about who his father was, about the nature of God, about the character of God, what was on the heart of God. Uh, sometimes he spoke some things directly as a challenge to the world. Uh, but there are other things that Jesus says that are statements he makes directly to us as his followers. And today, we're going to look at one of those passages of the Scripture. So if you're in person today, you can take out your sermon outline out of your worship folder. You can track along with me, and we'll throw it up on the screen for those of you who are watching from home. I want to look at Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. Here are the words that Jesus spoke. He said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Read this last sentence out loud with me, would you all? In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Anybody know what this is? How many of you know? How many of you have seen these before? No one? Come on. Somebody first service goes, it's a tray. Yeah, well, it is. It is, it is a tray. Um, but this is called a diffuser. And I just discovered this uh, a year ago. A year ago, um, sitting in my office in, in, uh, sometime in early summer, and we had had our, our air conditioner in our office area either replaced or, or worked on because suddenly it started really working. And um, I was sitting at my desk one, one day, and all of a sudden I realized that I was beginning to get goose pimples all over. And I was beginning to chill. I was starting to get chilled. And uh, soon, little icicles began to form on my nose. And um, No, not really. But I, I started getting cold. I'm sitting there, and I'm, and I'm getting cold. And I'm thinking, man, what, what is the deal? And I look up, and for the first time, I'd never noticed this before, but the vent for my office is a big two-foot square. As, you know, we have these two-foot square panels in, in the ceiling of our, of our offices. And there is this two-foot square vent, and the air is blowing straight down on me. And, um, and so I thought, well, maybe I'm just, you know, really hadn't noticed it, but so maybe this is just an anomaly. But it came in the next day, same thing. I'm sitting there, and I'm getting cold. And after a couple of days of doing that, I started bringing a jacket to work. And, uh, you know, I can't turn the air off because everybody else needs it, but I'm, I'm starting to get cold. Now, now I've got a jacket on. I'm thinking, okay, now I'm really feeling old. You know, now, now I'm feeling like an old person who's got to have a, a warm blanket when they work and stuff. And, and I thought, this is just, this is just crazy. So I, we got talking to the air conditioner guy, and we just said, you know, what, what can we do about this? And he started talking about, well, we can, you know, we can reroute the duct work, and, you know, we can put that, move that, move that down here. You know, and it's like, you know, thousands of dollars, of course, to, to do any of that. And he goes, or you can get a diffuser. And I said, well, what's a diffuser? 
And he said, well, it's just this thing that will help, you know, help the air to be dispersed. And so, you know, you, you know, you can Google anything, right? You discover that. And so I got on Google and Googled that, and here's what I found. And this diffuser, this is the coolest thing in the world, because what this does, it has some magnets on it. And what you do, I just put this up on the ceiling right over, right over the, uh, the vent that comes down, and it magnetically sticks to the girding there that's, that holds all the panels and everything up. And what it does is it just uh, shoots that air out all over so that it doesn't come right down on me. Does that, does that make sense to you? It's like the coolest thing ever. You know, 50 bucks instead of several thousand. I know my board is happy about that. But the deal was, what hit me was this week when I was working on the message, and I started thinking about this idea of Jesus saying, you know, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth, and all of a sudden it hit me, what a great picture of what Jesus intended for us to be. We are to be the dispersers of God, amen, the diffusers, that's why I called the message divine Diffusers. Now, I want to I, I want to go back. I'm going to look at this passage. I want to I want to kind of pull out a couple of thoughts when I started thinking about things we might need to know and maybe some things that we should do in relation to that. I thought of a few things that I think are really important. You ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. The first idea is this: we can't diffuse what we're not receiving. We can't diffuse what we're not receiving. Now, I'm going to unpack this um, a little bit more, uh, actually, in, in detail next week with the topic of the message, but I think this is actually the verse. But on your outline, look at the verse there from John 15 and verse 5. Would you mind reading this out loud with me? Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, you, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do, you can do you can do now we're going we're going to really camp on this next week but here's here's the point that I really want to drive home when I was thinking about this idea of being the the light of the world it's like you know what if we're not if we're not receiving that light we can't give anything away i mean think think this thought with me um, you know, if I, was, if I was from somewhere where people aren't smart, like maybe Texas or someplace um, no, I'm just kidding. But you know, if, 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 you were, if you were someplace where you didn't figure, if I put this, if I went into my office and I thought, all I got to do is have a diffuser, and I, and I stuck it up on the grid, and if I put this over a ceiling tile, how much air is this going to disperse? It's not a trick question. How much air? None. None. How about, how about if I said, I can't really reach that high. How about if I just set that on the floor? I got this great diffuser now. What, will that do anything? No, why? Because it's not receiving anything. Does that make sense to you? Now, this is why this is so important. When we talk about being the light of the world, it is so incredibly important for us to have, as God's people, a resilient commitment to constantly be connected to him. Jesus was so clear, and again, I'm going to go in great detail next week, but he was so clear to say, you know what, I'm the vine, you're, you're branches. Uh, if, if, you, if you remain in me, if you stay connected, you know what, you can, you can light the world up, you can bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. nothing. Anybody have a fruit tree in your yard? Anybody got fruit trees here? 
You know, we had in, in Phoenix, man, we had a, 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 a peach tree or a nectarine tree, and we had a grapefruit tree, and we had all this kind of stuff. Can, can you imagine if I said, I'm just tired. Of, Phoenix is hot. I'm tired of going outside. You need to go out there and get baked while I'm trying to pick some of these, you know, nectarines or, and, and peaches and stuff. And I thought, ah, what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to snap off a limb, and I'm going to come in, and I'm just going to stick it in the wall of the house, and that way they'll just grow inside. Now you think, well, you really are a city boy, you know, because <laughs> that can't happen, can it? No, why? Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Look at me for a second. There has probably never been, at least in the history of our country, a darker time than what we've lived in these last several months, a more fearful time. And yet, in the midst of this, if we want to understand God in such unprecedented times, how do we become the light of the world? Here's the key. We've got to stay connected to him. We've got to lean into his presence. We've got to lean into his spirit. We've got to stay connected to his word. We've got to have some stuff that we're receiving, or we're not going to have anything to give away. Amen? I, I, love, I love what the great Martin Luther said. He said in his journal, he said, I have so much to do today, I must pray for three hours. Let that sink in for a second. I've got so much to do today, I must pray for three hours. Come on, this is just us. How many of us is doing? I've got so much today, I, I don't have time for my quiet time. I've got so much today. You know, I'd love to spend some time in the Bible, but I got so much time today. I got so much going on. I don't have time for that. I haven't got time to pray. I, I haven't got time to, you know, I haven't got time to have a quiet time. I got too much to do, which is part of the problem. We can't diffuse what we're not receiving. Second thought Christ came to be our source, but he depends upon us to be his spreaders. Christ came to be that source. But he depends upon us to be his spreaders. Think of it this way. This is the Jesus who says in John 10, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. But now he comes here, Matthew 5, he turns to us and he says, you are the light of the world. In other words, the whole ministry of Jesus was to take what he had to impart it to his disciples who would make way for the Holy Spirit so that as the gospel was spread, that piece of Jesus would come inside of each one of us. And now, instead of one light, there will be many lights. I love this. Think about it this way. This is the, this is the diffuser. This is Jesus coming down. Each one of these, this represents you because you are a Holy people. Now, some of you about three o'clock, that'll, that'll sink in. Yeah, that, that'll sink in. This is, this is you. See, everywhere you go, everywhere you go today, everywhere you go this week, you get to spread who Jesus is. You, you do understand it. Jesus is now with the Father. The Holy Spirit resides in us. Don't miss this. The only way this world gets the light of God is us giving it to them. You got to hear that. The only way this world gets the light of God is if we give it to them. That's why I, I, I love Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before Jesus ascended to the Father, he said it really clearly to his disciples. Acts, read it with me. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me 
everywhere. Paul said it this way in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Read it with me, church. So we are Christ's ambassador. God is making his appeal through us. When you go home today, you get to be the light of the world. When you go to school tomorrow, you get to be the light of the world. When you go to work tomorrow, no matter how dark your work is, you get to be the light of the world. No matter where you go, what restaurant you eat in, what Walmart you stop at, wherever you go, we get to diffuse the great glory of God. We are the ones who get to spread this. You know, I thought of this when I was working this week. I get, it was so funny. I thought, if there's ever a time in our culture we ought to understand something being like a virus, it's now. I mean, I'm sitting, standing here speaking to an audience with masks on because we're trying to not spread something. Amen? And we've discovered that this COVID thing can be, you know, it's, it's very contagious. You guys, you guys, you guys, you know, again, you see the, the, the guy that went in Washington State, went to choir practice, had COVID-19, spread it to 56 people in a two-hour choir practice. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't take a whole lot. But, but, but get this, we get to be the viral Jesus, we get to be the virus of God. Wherever we go, we get to infect people with the Spirit of God. Amen? You betcha. So what are we infecting them with? That gives me to the next thought. Our role in being light and salt, our role is to be enhancers and attractors. Our role is to be enhancers and attractors. How many of you put salt on your food? How many of you put too much salt on your food? Yeah. Why do we put salt on our food? It makes it taste better. It brings the flavor out. It enhances that. Jesus said, you are the light, the salt of the earth. You are the ones who ought to be enhancing this world. You, as my people, wherever you go, the place where you are ought to be better because you are a part of it. It ought to sound better. It ought to feel better. It ought to taste better. It ought to be better because you are my salt wherever you go. You are to enhance it. Does that make sense to you? You're to be a light. You ever put a light outside in the dark? But turn your porch light on, watch every bug in Oklahoma City come to it. You know? Why? Because it's an attraction. It's attracted to that. Everywhere Jesus went, crowds flocked to him. He attracted them. And that's what he was saying. You're the light of the world. People ought to be looking at you going, twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. We ought to be attracting people to God. Now, come on, it's just us. Can we be honest? There are some of us that do a really lousy job of that. Because in a world that's already filled with darkness and dismal stuff and discouragement, often we add to that rather than bring light and lift the environment around us. Does this make sense to you? Look at this. Follow, stay with me. Look at the passage of Scripture. 
John 20, 21. Jesus spoke this again shortly before he went back to the Father. Read it out loud. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Okay? So what did God send Jesus into the world to do so that we know why he's sending us into the world? You ready? Look at that. John three seventeen. He tells us. We read this last week. Read it with me. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, remember last week, I, I, I impact that word save, which in the Greek is word sozo, which has two meanings. It means to make alive and to make healthy. In, in other words, Jesus said, just as God the Father sent me to, to make people alive, I'm sending you into the world to make people alive. Just as God sent me into the world to help people be healthy and whole, I'm sending you into this world to help people be healthy and whole. Look at me, ladies and gentlemen. Wherever we go, we ought to bring hope. We ought to bring joy. We ought to bring love. We ought to bring peace. We ought to bring the presence of God. That's who he's called us to be. We are to enhance and we are to attract. Kevin Gunter, one of our prisoners here. Kevin, I don't know if you're in the audience right now. I saw you earlier, but I didn't tell you I was going to steal this, but I'm stealing this. Um, Kevin posted on Facebook yesterday, and in his post, he was thanking people for kind comments. And he said, you know, he said, I was about to um, cancel my Facebook account. He said, I was about to get off Facebook because I'm just tired of all the ugly stuff that's being written. I'm just tired of all of the, you know, you know, political fights. I'm tired of all of the discouragement. I'm tired of all the ugly stuff that people are saying. He said, you know, but I got on today and I, I saw some nice things from people. I saw some of you put some good stuff up there. And thank you for your encouragement. I decided to go ahead and keep it. And I'm reading this and my, my thought was going, no, 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 Kevin, don't, don't get off of Facebook. If we give over to the darkness, what happens? It all becomes dark. Facebook needs some lights of the world. It needs some people who aren't afraid to post something that's positive and uplifting and directs them toward God. We, we need, wherever we go, we need to go. No, no matter how dark it is, we need to be that people of hope. Does this make sense? I saw this video last week, and I, I just thought, you know, this is, this is a, a great picture for us. Um, you, some of you may have seen this. This thing went viral. Throw it, throw it up on the screen. This is a, a 10-year-old kid in Nigeria, and... Um, there was a, a guy who is a, a ballet teacher, kind of a, does a volunteer work in this very poor community. He was, has this class. He just was teaching kids how to do ballet. Now, again, even in the video, there's no sound. There's no music. This kid is dancing with the music in his head. And, he's, and, and, and what's really cool is because this video went viral, this kid ended up, <laughs> a 10-year-old kid who probably had no chance to make it at all, was ended up getting scholarship offers for ballet so that he can be able to, you know, kind of move forward with his life and all of this. But here, here's what hit me as I was watching this. Look at where he is dancing and look at what he is dancing in. Here's a kid with no music at all except what is in his heart, dancing in the mud and dancing in the rain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the people of God because that ought to be us. Because no matter what is going on around us, it does not determine what goes on within us. 
we can dance in the rain. Amen. Let me take that one step further. In life's worst moments, those are our best opportunities. Life's worst moments are our best opportunities. You know, what's interesting is how so often as a people of God, when crisis happens or, or natural disasters happen and that kind of thing, how sometimes we become, you know, the most fearful, most frightened, and, and sometimes even the most negative. But you do understand that it's when life is at its worst that we have the opportunity to be at our best. You want a great example of that? Go back to the book of Acts in Acts chapter 8. If you remember in Acts chapter 7, Stephen became the first martyr. He was killed for being a believer. And, um, and when, man, when they saw that, you know, that was pleasing to, to some people, you know, they, they took that on. In Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, look at what it says. It says, and a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Now, often when we think about something like that happen, when this persecution breaks out, you know, we get, oh my goodness, what's going on? They're killing people. No, no. And people, you know, and we, we would, you know, we would be hiding and people, you know, again, I wonder how many of us would be, you know, hiding in basements or, 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 or trying to, you know, not be seen. Like, a, But look at what it says. I, I love this. It says, read that last line. But the believers who were scattered preach the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Now, a picture in my mind when I was reading it this week, I was thinking of how the enemy was using, how the devil was using these people to do the persecuting and how he saw the church as this little group of people and he was thinking, you know what, if I can just attack these people now, you know, they're not going to have a chance. And he saw them, he said, they're not really much of anything. They're just like a little slab of jello on the floor. And so the devil goes, ah, thinking he was going to erase them, but if you stomp on a slab of jello, what happens to it? Boom! It shoots everywhere. And that's exactly what happened. The devil didn't kill the church. He spread the church across all the known world. Because it's when life gets the darkest that God's people have the, the opportunity to shine the brightest. Does that make sense? That's why I was so excited uh, a couple weeks ago when the aquatics director from Early Wine Park Y called me and, and said, Pastor Steve, she goes, I, just, I feel like we're living in such you know, horrible times. And, you know, everybody's so negative. Everybody's so, uh, you know, scared. Everybody's so fearful. Um, and she goes, I just, I feel like God is laying on my heart to, to ask people to come together to pray. And she said, would you help me? And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? This is a community organization asking a pastor, will you come to where we are and lead us in a prayer time? And I'm thinking, this, what a great opportunity. And so last week we began, every Monday now at noon, we're gathering together to, to pray. We spent 20 to 30 minutes there together. We share a devotional and we have a few different people who prayed. Last week we prayed for our teachers and our schools and our students and our parents and asking God to have their hand upon them this year. And it was so cool because we had 18 people gather in a community room at the Y. And can I tell you something? I was so proud. About 12 of those were Chartel people. And I have never been more proud as a pastor 
Because I believe when God's people start begin to come together, when we really begin to come and seek God like that, I believe God is going to move in some incredible ways. And I just think that is so powerful. And I thought, what? You know what? Why not? For such a time as this, this is why God created us. Amen? Had a beautiful picture of this um, back in, um, back in, in, in March, uh, April, when the, the whole COVID thing first happened and everybody uh, was pushed indoors. Um, my son and his family who live in Baltimore um, were talking about how this was impacting our, our 12-year-old, uh, Joe Lee, she'll be 12 in October, who's autistic. Um, you know, autistic kids have a high need for sameness, you know, for patterns, for, for habits, for things being the same. And then all of a sudden, everything is different. You know, she no longer, Jolie no longer gets to ride the bus to school, and, and she no longer got to, you know, do her regular routine. Everything was kind of thrown into disarray, and it was just really upsetting for her. It was, it was, just, it was causing a lot of stress for her. And one of the things that Jolie used to love to do was that every Friday or Saturday, um, Ben would take her to the five and under store, and uh, Jolie, being a woman, loves to shop. Imagine that. You know, she loves to shop. And so he would take her to everything under $5 store, and he would let her pick out a, a couple of things, and that would be, that would be the, kind of the highlight of her week. But now, of course, the you know, stores were closed at that time and couldn't go out, and she was inside, and all that was happening. And, and my, my, my grandson, Maddox, who just turned 10, was watching his sister go through this, and he had what I thought was the most wonderful and compassionate idea I'd ever seen. Throw that up on the screen. This is a picture. Maddox set up a store in Charlie's office. Ben had a whole bunch of, uh, he's like Wanda. He went out in the after Easter sales and bought the candy for 90% off, you know, did all that. And he got all of this candy, all of this stuff, and he had it. And so he let Maddox set up a store. And so now every Saturday, Joe Lee can come into the store where Maddox is the store owner, and he lets her pick out, you know, one or two or three items so that she can keep this sense of sameness alive in her life. And when they sent me those pictures and they told me that story, I thought, Maddox, what a, what a beautiful picture of what it means to be the light of the world, to not think only about yourself, but to have the idea of being compassionate towards someone else. When this world is at its worst, church, that's our opportunity to be at our best. Amen. Let me give you just one closing thought. To brighten that light that God gives us, sometimes we need to get rid of these bowls <laughs> that we hide it under. Jesus said, You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden. And neither do people light a lamp to put it under a bowl. And when I read that this week, here was my thought. God, what's my bowl? What is it in my life that shades your light from coming through? Paul, when he was writing to the church in Ephesus about being the lights of God, he said, and don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. 
Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Listen to what he says. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Rachel, go ahead, come on. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot to be a light of God. It's just opening yourself up to be his presence wherever you go. Guys, would you want to bring down the lights for me? You know, some of you may not think yourselves as Bible scholars. You might not think of yourselves as being people who are all that. But I, I just want you to look at something. When you, in dark places, I want you to see how just a little battery-operated light, how bright it can shine. And I would guess that even those of you who are sitting in the very back in the overflow, who are 70 feet away or more from this light, you can see it because there's nothing shielding it. But I, I wonder, look at what happens when you put a bowl over it. Here's my question to you today. What's your bowl? What is it that's keeping your family from seeing the light of God in you? What is it that's keeping the light of Christ shining through you at school or at work or at Walmart? What is it that you need to allow God to help you get rid of so that you can turn up his radiance in full force in your life? Bring the lights back up. Rachel's going to lead us in a, in a song. And I want you to just take a real reflective moment and just ask yourself the question, are you? Are you the light of the world, of your world? Are you the salt? Are you enhancing the places where you live, where you dwell? This morning, as Rachel leads us, let this song kind of be our prayer. And let this be our commitment to say, Jesus, you're, you're in heaven now. The only light that this world gets is what we shine with. Help us to do it well. Let this be your prayer. Lord Jesus, that's, a, that's more than just a nice song. Those were the words you spoke. By this will all men know that you are truly my disciples, if you have love for one another. So God, I, I pray today that you would help us to keep this in our minds all week long, that we would be very aware of the actions and attitudes and just kind of the things that we do sometimes that put a bowl over the light that we want to be. And I pray, God, you just help us to shake off every shade, every, everything that's keeping that from happening, that we might truly become the divine diffusers of all that you are. Lord, if there was ever a time that our society needed you, it's now. And that means if there was ever a time society needed us, it's now. Help us to be the lights of the world. These things we pray in your precious name. And everyone said.
Amen. Amen. Amen.